Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Rumors, Money, and Movies. The classic movie this week is Dr. Strangelove, and that's by Stanley Kubrick. So I'm going back into Stanley Kubrick territory after me not liking Space Odyssey. So that's a little bit of a risk that I'm taking. But first, let me introduce our guest this week. He's back to our Richmond connection, Mike Richmond Richmond connection. So New York, Richmond, doesn't really matter. Mirage, this is your time to shine, Mirage. Holla, whoever you want to holla at, plug whatever you want to plug. Who are you? And why are you here? I guess. I don't know. Uh, my name is Marash, as James already mentioned. And I'm just here to talk about the movie. Have a good time. Relax. So yeah. I, I ask everyone when they come on the podcast two questions. First question is, what's your favorite movie? Like, this is your favorite movie. And then your second question Second question is, in general, are you a big movie person? Not as much. Are you more a TV guy? Or how do you really consume entertainment? Um, so, favorite movie is kind of hard. I I haven't really thought about that because it always changes as I watch more. But recently, I can't remember the last movie I watched. Mm, I mean, I recently rewatched Rob Panther and that was a good one. But I'm more of a streamer, like Netflix, and I'll just watch TV shows mm. off that. So, mm-hmm. like, right now I'm watching Money Heist. Oh, okay. That's a foreign movie. It's a foreign one, right? Yeah, it's good though, and it's like, it's dubbed English, so like, mm-hmm. I can like understand it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Hi, it looks good, yeah. I've heard good things about that. A lot of people have actually said they like it. Yeah. All right, well, that's fine. Everyone everyone likes uh, stuff differently. So yeah, today, building off that, unfortunately, speaking of Spain, I should say, but uh, coronavirus, but unfortunately for them, United States is worse off, I should say, but overall bad some just some news i want to talk about overall is some big news happened over the week and we talked about it like two weeks ago or three weeks ago i can't remember the, the weeks are bleeding in now about trolls world tour but the numbers are actually ba- back for trolls world tour. did you hear about this uh, mirage the movie that was like about the troll uh, it's like a animated movie that was like on pay-per-view it wasn't released mm-hmm. in cinemas no. oh well it was just like it has like anna kendrick in it and whatnot and it mm-hmm. and so it it was like just like you had to pay for it, like on like Fandango or Google Play or whatever, yeah. for like nineteen ninety nine, and it made a hundred million dollars so far on rentals, which is pretty mm-hmm. good. So now people are saying that, you know, are we going? Are you know, are people going to skip cinema? Are going to skip theaters? Uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't really think that uh, people movies going to skip uh, cinemas. But one thing I found really funny was one of like you know AMC AMC theaters, like the yeah. theater chain. They said because uh, Trolls was released, and this is the audience. Trolls was released by Universal, and so Universal said, "Now we might we're gonna we're gonna potentially release a lot of our movies on like uh, pay per view, so to speak, or direct to video, whatever they call it now, uh, visual like it's like something, but Vogue. But now AMC's like, oh, we're not gonna show your movies, like we're not gonna play your movies in our cinemas, like in our theaters, which was pretty." shocking because like you know jurassic world fast and furious yeah. uh like like a lot of like the like despicable me and like a lot of those like animated movies are released by universal so it's like i don't know what you're planning on doing there if you're not going to show like one of the big studios movies yeah um but and I, that was some big news that's a, that's a definitely a a uh 
major developing story within this film media, and it's hard to show where it's going to go. I, I think it's just all funny. I think it's bluffing, obviously, because I mean that's kind of stupid to put it bluntly. But yeah, sorry, yeah. Mirage, but it is. It's not intelligent. But so we're going to see how Trolls World Tour does. The next movie releasing direct video. We talked about our direct to stream and everyone not direct to streaming because it's direct to like purchase. Direct to pay per view is Scooby Doo. Uh, releasing uh, this month. Did you watch Scooby Doo when you were a kid, Mirage? Yeah, I did. Did you? Was you? Were you like a big Scooby guy or not really? I mean, whenever it came on, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I, I remember one episode. It was like about the Yeti or something. It's been a while since I watched it though. There was like, there's like a hundred TV shows of. I mean, I there's know, like a hundred yeah. different series and stuff. But it was good. I liked it. Yeah, no, Scooby's good. Yeah, that and that's uh, releasing May fifteenth. Which is, you know, a week and a half from now. But mm. some other big news that's not related to the box office portion, because if you know if you, if you know this show, it's rumors, money, and movies. Money, what we just talked about. Rumors, we're gonna get or it's like the news, so to speak. A pretty well known actor died over the week, April 29th. Irfan Khan. Um, he died from a, a neuro endocrine a tumor. And he's been in movies like Life of Life of Pi. Slumdog Millionaire, Jurassic World. So he's a pretty. He's also a big Bollywood actor. I don't know. Do you know? Do you know who this is? Uh, Mirage. I mean, you've probably seen him in movies before. Uh, he's pretty well. He's also an Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Black Hat. I mean, uh, Inferno. Excuse me. So he's been in some well-known uh, movies, but I just thought yeah. that was. He's fifty-three years old, so it's unfortunate for him. But I just thought that was. Something no noteworthy to bring up because maybe you watched that guy in a movie before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next thing I want to talk about, which is a little bit outside the news, is a couple notes from last week's episode that I forgot to mention. So I talked about Tenet with John Luca, our ghost guest last week. Shout out to John Luca. But I I kept saying it was a big movie, but I didn't say who was in it because I mean just from the name alone, you're not gonna know. You don't. You know, it's not really obvious why it's a big movie, but. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, who directed, you know, Dark Knight, uh, Interstellar, Inception, Dunkirk, uh, and it stars Robert Pattinson, uh, Batman, soon to be Batman, person from Twilight, John David Washington, who's Daniel Denzel Washington's son. He's in Ballers. That's a, his most prominent role, I should say. Um, Himesh Patel, who starred in Yesterday last year, the Beatles movie. Michael Caine. Alfred from the Dark Knight trilogy, Kenneth Branagh. I, I mean, I think everyone knows who that is. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki, who's been like in The Great Gatsby, uh, Uncle, Man from Uncle. She's been in a couple uh, well-known films, so she's in it. So it's a loaded cast and directed by Christopher Nolan. Have you seen the trailers for this, Mirage? I don't know. I'm just curious. Do you, you know about this movie? No, actually, I haven't heard of this. Well, I would definitely suggest watching the trailer. It's it's a pretty good trailer. It's about like time travel and pretty interesting, put it that way. But that was a noise I wanted to make because people probably listen to the show and they know what I was talking about. And the next thing I want to talk about was the movie we did last week was Apocalypse Now with Francis Ford Coppola. And for some reason I went over, I like I knew this, but I went over I should he directed uh Godfather. So I don't know why I said that when I was talking about his filmography. I just didn't bring that up. So that was my fault. He directed Godfather, Godfather Two. Godfather 3. So, you know, he's obviously one of the best directors, but I just want to make that clear because I didn't say that and people might have been wondering. I don't know. But I just want to make that point. Now, though, uh, 
it's time now that we talked about the news and my note little uh mistake notes or whatever you want to call them is the bastone blurb so uh mirage if you do us a favor uh I don't know. We can start with any movie you want. Do you want to do Bad Education first, or I mean, whichever one you want to do um, first, really. I mean, we'll start with Extraction because that's pretty popular nowadays since it just came out. All right, let's do that. Yeah, for sure. The critics' consensus of this was that it was like a spectacular stunt work and an electric performance from Chris Hemsworth. Can't save Extraction from being dragged down by its aimless violence, and it was rated sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience score was 70%. Yeah. And, yeah, it stars Chris Hemsworth. So that's the big role. Um, yeah, Thor. Everybody knows him. Yeah, I, would hope, I mean, unless you live under a rock. But So, yeah, I, I this, was released, this was released direct to, uh, to Netflix, and over 90 million people watched it, which obviously wouldn't happen if it was released in cinemas, but uh, that was that's supposedly... Uh, I mean, that's the total number, but that's not, like, how many people watch it, like, in full. Like, you got to watch it for, like, a five minutes, and it counts. But, so my thoughts on Extraction was, despite boasting and throwing action scenes, uneven pacing, and a melodramatic ending, bogged down this otherwise entertaining action flick. I mean, I thought it was good. I saw it with the rest of my family, and no one really seemed to like it all that much, because it was pretty violent. Uh, but it takes place in uh, Dhaka, which is the city uh, in Bangladesh, the big, you know, largest city in Bangladesh. So it has like pretty good actions, uh, you know, like set pieces and whatnot for the action. So I thought the action was great, uh, but I thought maybe the pacing was a little off. But David Harbour is also in it, uh, who's another well-known actor. Byron Hills alum, who went to my high school, by the way. So shout out to him. But uh, And it was directed by a stunt coordinator. So like it was like an unorthodox, so to speak, project because it wasn't directed mm -hmm. by like a regular... Uh, you know, director. But I, I mean, I liked it, but I wouldn't recommend it, so to speak. Like, if you have to pay money for it, that's kind of how I do these, or like, I don't really know. But I just like wouldn't really mm -hmm. recommend it. But yeah, so I don't know. Bad education we can do next, I guess, right, Mirage? Yeah. Um, so the critics' consensus on that was that anchored by an outstanding Hugh Jackman. Sorry, let me repeat that. Anchored by an outstanding Hugh Jackman, Bad Education finds absurd laughs and a worthy message in the aftermath of a real-life scandal. And it was actually rated pretty high on Rotten Tomatoes, 92%, but the average, like the audience's rating, was 83%. Yeah, so this was also released by uh, HBO Films, so it wasn't uh, in a, uh, you know, in a regular environment when it was released. It also stars mm -hmm. Allison Janney and uh, Ray. Everybody loves Ray, right? Uh, Ray Romano. Mm -hmm. So I really like this movie. I said good humor and a better character study makes this historically accurate film a memorable one. So I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was funny. And I also thought it was Hugh Jackman was definitely good. I agree with the uh, Ron Tomatoes people, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what the word terminology is. I mean, they're critics, but I don't know if it'll call like the rotten, I don't know. Rotten Crew, maybe I don't know, but so I thought it was pretty good, and I would recommend it for sure. I definitely it's on HBO now, so if you have HBO, uh, you know you could watch it, uh, you know whatever. Yeah. But I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. And then the last movie, I guess, is Sorry to Bother You. Also, Sorry to Bother You. If you're watching this pod, that's a pun for this podcast today, because I am sorry to bother you if you're listening to this. But Mirage, <laughs> baby. Um. So. The critics' consensus was that 
fearlessly ambitious, scathingly funny, and thoroughly original. Sorry to bother you, loudly heralds herald the arrival of a fresh filmmaking talent and writer-director Boots Riley. And rated also pretty high, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audiences rated it relatively lower, 70%. Yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot. Uh, I liked it a lot. I said an electric cast anchored by the ever-charming Lakeith Stanfield. Makes this relevant satire a good one. And the film happens to have an out-of-this-world plot twist. Literally. Uh, I It was, you know, it has really good... I thought it was really good. It has, you know, Terry Crews is in it. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield stars. Tessa Thompson stars. Army Hammer stars. Omari Hadwick, who's... Uh, Hardwick, excuse me, who's in Power. Uh which is like a pretty popular show, is in it. Uh, and Danny Glover is also in it as like a cameo-type role. Uh, not really cameo, but he's like a supporting character. And there's some prominent actors in it as well. I'm not going to say their names because it kind of gives away some of the plot, but some also some other interesting actors that are in it. I liked it. It was very original. It was hyper-original. Uh, and it's actually interesting because Boots Rally is like a rapper that I've never heard of. So, But I thought it was really good. Uh, timely message, good message, and... Really good cast. I, I, I thought it was a good movie, and it wasn't that long, so I would definitely, definitely recommend that film. Definitely worth everybody's time, I say. The classic movie, as I said earlier in the podcast, is Doctor Strange Love or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Uh, this is directed by Stanley Kubrick, as I said earlier. Stars Peter Sellers in three different roles. And the critics' consensus of this movie is very high, 98%. Audience scores 94%. And it reads, Stanley Kubrick's brilliant Cold War satire remains as funny and razor-sharp today as it was in 1964. That gives away. It was released in 1964. It was released by Sony Pictures. It's a pretty short movie at 95 minutes uh, and, and did pretty well, uh, I guess, so to speak, uh, Critically, and it all, but it didn't do that well commercially. Uh, at a $1.8 million budget, it made $9.4 million in North America. And it was nominated for multiple Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Stanley Kubrick got nominated for Best Director. Best Adapted Screenplay, and then Peter Sellers got a Best Actor nomination. And he was the lead character and uh, played three different roles in the movie. So four different Academy Award nominations. Uh, it's also keep in mind that there was less categories back then so in in the 60s there wasn't a lot of, of there wasn't a lot of these other cat uh categories that there are now so if it was released today it might have won more then but it got four nominations and it, but it didn't get any wins but i think it was still it's still one of we've regarded as one of the top 100 movies of all time and if you don't mind mirage can you give us everyone maybe a little bit of a plot synopsis so maybe they haven't watched yeah. the movie in a while and whatnot mm-hmm. so it's basically about like, it, it takes place during the Cold War. Or not during the Cold War, but, like, it's about the Cold War and, like, how the Russians are rival, or like at war with U.S. And in the movie, there's a general named Jack Ripper, and he ends up deciding to start the nuclear war. And he orders, like, his fleet of bombers to drop nuclear or their hydrogen bombs onto the USSR and in the end like not in the end but like overall that plan was bad because the once the US would drop a nuclear weapon the Russians already devised like a doomsday device 
So if a nuclear bomb landed on their soil, it would end up activating that machine and destroying the whole, not destroying, but like ending the world. And like the humans wouldn't be able to like populate for 90 years or whatnot. And the movie just goes through the efforts of every U.S. general and the president to back down those bombers without it actually happening. But it doesn't work out like that. Yeah. Um, like, there's General Mandrake, who's like the right-hand man of Jack Ripper, who keeps trying to get the recall codes. And it's just like little things like that just like wouldn't work because Jack Ripper ended up committing suicide and he wouldn't. So nobody could find those codes. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty good movie, though. Yeah, I, well, I, I'm going to save my overall thoughts for the end. But, yeah, I was going to get actually into, I guess, uh, I mean, I thought, I mean, at least it was funny. I put it that way. Uh, I thought some parts were funny. But just kind of clarifying the three roles that Peter Sellers played. He played, as Mirage said, or the roles was Cap- Colonel Mandrick, uh, a lieutenant or, you know, Captain Mandrick, who was Ripper's right-hand man. He also played President Merkin, who was the president, obviously. And then he played Doctor Strangelove, who really didn't show up until like the last like ten minutes of the of the movie. Uh, but yeah, what we overall, you know, more, these are more like your general thoughts. As you thought, so you thought it was good, right? I mean, these are more your general thoughts before we get into more specific stuff. So overall, you thought it was good. I'm assuming. Yeah, like it was kind of like somewhat funny. Like it was just like that. I, I remember one scene, especially it was like when the president was on the call with the Russian prime yeah. minister and they were just like competing on who was more sorry and like how they were feeling. It was just like weird, but like somewhat funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought it was funny. I just, I didn't really like it all that much, but that's more about Stanley Kubrick than anything else. Cause I'm really starting out. I'm going to get to this one at the end. Cause I'm, I don't know. Stanley Kubrick kind of wearing off me bad. But so let's just jump in right into sort of the movie itself. Uh, so I like to, you know, let's just start first. What did you think of the? Did you think it was a? What did you view it as a satire through the lens of a satire? Because uh, it was a mm-hmm. satire. What did you really think about it uh, overall? Like, what do you think it was a good satire? Did it accomplish its goals? Or like, what did you really think overall about the satire in nature? Um, I mean, I feel like it showed that with, like, the competition, like, just, like, a simple mistake could end up, like, destroying the whole entire world. And, like, there was a lot of things about women, like, being, like, I was, like, the superiority of men and whatnot, but, like, I feel like that's a different theme that doesn't really relate that much to the satire because of the time period that it was created in. Mm-hmm. But, um, I feel like it somewhat accomplished the goal, but not really because there was still that American nationalistic like theme throughout the movie that showed like even if something bad happened like America would like be on the top I feel like yeah you know yeah because Tur- Turgidson says that like uh one of the generals uh who was like in the war room was like you know oh actually if we just bomb them all we'll, only, we'll suffer like minor losses of like 10 million like 10 million yeah. 20 million people depending on the way things land it was like what like bro like Twenty million people is way more than what I mean. That's just you know, 
but yeah, I thought I think I thought actually like when you said to open the fact that like one guy can like mess up everything and can mm-hmm. cause like a like a uh, you know a, a global disaster. Another thing that I thought was really interesting, building off sort of the satire point, was like uh, the guys on the plane, King Kong, uh, Major Tenant King Kong. Yeah, uh, like the fact that they because like obviously they wanted to call off the the you know strike once they realized what was going to happen but because of like all the security measures like well if they had open communications and the russians or the soviet union people would tell them like no it's not actually like an attack so like they had to like shut off all communication and because of that they couldn't mm-hmm. tell them like to not attack and then even then the the ironic part was like the shafts didn't open and yet king kong still opened like the shaft to drop the bomb yeah it's like fate. I don't know. I, maybe I just thought it was like funny. Like I thought that really drew out the satire and the irony of the, of the, you know, of the, of what it was trying to get across. Mm-hmm. But it also like that scene where like it was just that rogue sh- uh, plane going to like their destination or whatever. Right, right. In a sense, like people could consider that heroic because like they don't know like the thing was actually like a bad call. Right, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like it's also a matter of perspective. No, yeah, that's that's a good point. They're just being, like, regular soldiers. Yeah. And they're following orders. Like, they're actually doing a good job. Because they said, like, you know, like, other planes crashed. Like, three other planes crashed or whatever. And they thought all of them crashed. But Mm -hmm. because, like, this one was, like, so, like, Perseverance, uh, you know, like, they didn't crash because they, like, you were able to, like, stabilize the fuel and whatnot. Which is, yeah. which is, which is in itself is funny because, you know, it's like, like you said, kind of that idea of heroism because from these guys' perspective, they're like, you know, being like the heroic, you know, like doing their duty as like, as people, but real in reality, yeah. they're just like, screw, you know, they're destroying everybody else like, by doing what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly. Well, I, I think that's, a, yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, another another aspect of the irony that I thought was really, or the satire I thought was really interesting was one of the more uh, maybe you maybe you, maybe you have more of an opinion or maybe more of a understanding of this, but like the character of Ripper, uh, the mm-hmm. person who starts the attack, because like I did not he was talking about like fluids and yeah I, I didn't really know what was going like, on there I don't know maybe if you have more like you had so, more understanding of that than me I guess yeah yeah so his um his reasoning behind launching this nuclear attack was that the Russians are contaminating our bodily fluids. And like the reason why he thought that this was such a threat was because like Russians, they don't drink water. They only like, he was saying to his um, general or like commander Drake, or I think Mandrake, about, Mandrake, yeah. Yeah. Mandrake about how um, the fluids that they were talking about or like how the Russians, only drank vodka and like they never drank water so like th- that that way they were protected against this contamination so like, I, obviously this reasoning was kind of flawed well we but, mirage we know, i think we, we both know some people that uh that only drink vodka you know or like only drink uh hard <laughs> stuff instead of just drinking water like normal folk <laughs> but anyway sorry to interrupt you continue i apologize no, you're good. I'm on one. But, I don't know. That also just, like, poked fun towards the 
stereotype of the like Russian communist. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, that, I guess that was their humor, uh, a part of their humor. Yeah, those was, yeah, like you said, like the ignorance, like pointing out how ignorant. Yeah. Because like obviously a lot of people don't think that, but I'm sure some people did think that in night. Like I'm sure I'm definitely sure that some people probably thought that in 1964. Like it had to be a couple people that were like, you know what? Oh yeah, they don't drink water. They drink, you know, the vodka. <laughs> it's like, bro. Yeah. But I also think that's actually a bigger point of the movie, or maybe it's not a bigger point of the movie. I'm not really sure because obviously I'm not, you know, God on this. But that yeah. sort of ignorance of certain people, because if you think about it, like you have, you build all these nuclear weapons and build it off this point of ma- mutual mass destruction, right? You build a nuclear weapon, right? Not necessarily to use it. But all it, but not only does it all it take is like some like you know, you know, wacko like Ripper, I guess, or some guy who thinks people should drink vodka. But then you know you can't even reverse it because you literally make make it so as what once a bomb is launched, like it's irreversible. Like that's mm-hmm. smart. Like that's an intelligent strategy to have. Get kill everybody on the inter- on the earth. Well, I don't know. I thought I feel like. The title is kind of misleading, though. Not gonna lie. Well, yeah, he's. It was. It, it was called Doctor Strangelove, but like Doctor Strangelove in the movie was like. I don't know. He was like to me, in my opinion, like he wasn't a prominent figure. Yeah, I mean, he was only in the movie for like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah, like. And it was weirder that he was like a former like Nazi soldier. Yeah, I didn't. I, I we're gonna. I mean. We can get to that now since you brought it up. Uh, I thought that was a little distasteful. I, I didn't think it was fun. Like, I just didn't find it to be funny. I just thought it was kind of stupid. You know, like, the, the whole, like, arm, like, alien arm thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah like, what, bro? Like, I mean, like, I feel like it was justified because, like, I think this movie was created, like, maybe, like, what, 20 years after the World yeah. War Two? Yeah, around that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so, like, I guess, like, you're still, like, high off that victory, and, like, they're still poking fun at the Nazis in in a way, and, like, saying, like, they're aliens or whatever. But, like, obviously, nowadays, it's, like, like, what? Yeah, I just, I just thought it was a little, I didn't really think it was funny. I mean, that was, really, I mean, I didn't really think, it was, I mean, like, once it was, like, a little, uh, you know, I just thought it was, like, okay, like, he's doing, like, four times, just not that. Oh, yeah, when he kept putting up the, what do you call it? <laughs> the I, I don't know what that, mo- like, uh, action is called, but, like. The salute. The salute. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the salute. Uh, I don't know. That, that was just weird. Like, yeah. I don't understand the reasoning behind adding that into the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Especially since Stanley Kubrick's well, like, known for being like more of a, uh, I guess, progressive. I guess that's a proper term, progressive filmmaker uh, with his work in like Spartacus and whatnot. I thought that would be quite mm-hmm. interesting. But we'll get to Stanley later. I want to get to Stanley later for myself, but... So kind of building off that Doctor Strangelove point, we kind of get to, got to that. But I want to kind of talk about another character in the movie, uh, Doctor uh, Turgeson. So, okay, yeah. There's like a special story behind him that I just want to talk about because I think it's funny as hell. But just kind of like, what do you think of his character overall, or what were your thoughts on his character? And this is the character, so everyone kind of clear up things. So you have a couple major generals: Mandrake, who's Peter Sellers, his third character. He's the like second in command to. Ripper, who shoots off the bomb. Then you have yeah. Colonel King Kong, who's in the plane, flying the plane, Major uh, King Kong. And then you have uh, the other major colonel is Colonel, or General, excuse me, is Buck 
a Turgidson, who's like the kind of like middle ground, I'd say, middle ground character. But anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on him overall, uh, Mirage? Um, mistake, mistake me if I'm wrong, but like he's or correct me if I'm wrong. He's the one who's um the one who's like kind of thrilled about the nuclear explosion. Yeah, he was like going crazy. Going yeah, he was a little yeah, unhinged. Yeah, so I I felt like him as a character overall was just like more of an actual embodiment of like the American nationalistic feelings during that time period. Uh, like not rational at all though. Like at all. Yeah, he was a little crazy, put it that way. Because, like, even though, like, there was that one bomber left, he got excited, like, that it survived. Yeah, and then he and, was... like, yeah. there was a chance to, like, explode it, like, launch that nuclear, um, or the hydrogen bomb onto the Russian soil. But, like, he got excited over just one missile while there was, like, countless coming towards them. Yeah, and also the uh, one. Yeah, it was just weird. Well, he actually reminded me of something that happened in the movie. Like another another part adding to that irony that I forgot to mention now was the reason why they couldn't shoot down the plane was because they were going after like one of the stations, but because they got hit, so the like war room realizes, okay, well this plane survived, so we have to shoot it down. So like they mm -hmm. put in the targets of the plane. Get the plane because they didn't have enough fuel to get to those targets. It's like, okay, what's our to closest target? And bomb that one. Yeah. That's what I, I thought it was funny. I thought I'd bring that up. But so the reason I want to bring up, talk about, uh, and George C. C. Scott played uh, Buck Turgidson. And so his portrayal, we kind of talked about how it was unhinged, wasn't supposed to be mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, so basically what happened was Kubrick talked Scott into doing over the, and this is from Wikipedia. Kubrick talks stuck Scott into well, no no never plagiarized. That's what I learned. Never plagiarized. But Kubrick <laughs> talked Scott into doing over the top practice takes, which Scott, which Kubrick told Scott would never be used as a way to warm up for the real takes. Uh, mm -hmm. but then Kubrick actually used them in the in the final film, and so Scott said after the fact, I'll never work with him again because he like tricked me into doing takes that I didn't want to do, and so the way yeah. he got him like upset like that was that. <laughs> He, so they had different interpretations of how scenes should be run, but Kubrick got him to conform to like his vision by beating him in chess. It's like whenever he would play him in chess, so he got upset. It's like when he was playing his character, he was already annoyed because he kept losing to Stanley Kubrick, the director in chess, which I think is just funny. Like you know, you get and I got to act better because he's losing in chess. Do you play chess, Mirage? Or? Yeah, I, I I recently started playing actually during quarantine. Mm, okay. Okay. Did you but like? I don't know. Are you like? You think you're pretty better. good at it? Uh, I would not say that. Do you know like? Do you know how to castle and stuff? Yeah, I know how to castle. Alright, so you're not. Um, I mean, you're better than. I mean, no. I mean, some people play chess. They don't even know how to do that. So you're not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like it just takes a lot of studying, honestly. But this is aside the movie, or like aside the movie. <laughs> And yeah, no, actually, we're, sorry guys, we lied. This podcast is actually about chess theory and <laughs> how the greats uh, beat, you know, are able to, you know, give up their queen and still win and things like that. No, I wish. I actually, I actually, I was like, okay. I peaked in chess when I was younger because I was like in like a club or something for it. So I was yeah. like pretty good, but like I'm not that good at it. I mean, I'm like average, but 
Uh, another funny thing that I, or another, I guess, interesting thing, or maybe funny, I guess the performance was funny, but the, maybe like the term wasn't. What'd you take from uh, Major TJ King Kong's performance? Like, what, what did you think it was meant to mean? Because, I mean, I thought, I kind of took it as a Western, but I don't know if you thought you saw anything in that, maybe that I didn't. Mm, I mean, yeah, like the cowboy hat, it was pretty Western. I like, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, she had a lot of spirit, honestly. <laughs> like, he was so passionate about just, like, defeating, like, he said the Ruskies, yeah, the like, Ruskies. the Russians. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the guy was he, just... He was, was a character. He was war-hungry, put it that way. Yeah. Um, but one thing I thought was funny about him uh, was because people were... Like, uh, the actual character who played him was uh, Slim uh, Pickens. Uh, that's his name. That's his stage name. But he's, his name's not actually that. It's Lewis Burton mm-hmm. Lindley. But people said, like, he wasn't actually even acting. Like, that's how he actually acts in real life. Like, basically, that's how he talks. Like, that's his verbiage. Which I think is crazy. Uh, I'm like, what? And and they had to get him a passport for filming. He never had a passport in his life. A so, passport? Like, yeah, he, like, didn't have... A, I mean, again, it was, you know, it was, like, he, back in the day, like, people weren't really traveling as much, but he, like, didn't have a passport. Yeah, okay. yeah. So they had to, like, physically get him one in order to film, because they were filming in, like, London. So, like, you know, you had to actually, you know, do it. You, know, you had to go. Mm-hmm. But I thought that I thought that was definitely interesting. Uh, and then, I guess to sort of kind of wrap everything up from the from the movie side because then I want I want to get to Stanley I'm not gonna I'm not forgetting about that is overall uh, we're gonna get sort of like your opinion a little bit uh, later and that's the second question overall what do you think ideologically of the film Mirage uh, you know what was like your main takeaway when you stopped watching this hour and a half movie because it is short it's an hour and a half what did you come away thinking what was like the biggest thing you remember or whatever really uh, came to your mind so to speak Honestly, I'd probably just say like, don't like take rash decisions like, or decisions because like it, it's like think carefully before you do something. It's like, like even if like the, like this is something completely different, like nuclear war and like the gravity of the situation is like obviously ten times more severe. But like even in daily tasks, like you can like think like don't make like a decision based off something that isn't remotely close to like what, like you never know what's like actually happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, don't like base your decisions off that. That's it's not, I mean, look, that's the tale of like, that's like one of the tales of the life, I guess. Think before you do think before you speak. I definitely think one thing I definitely took from it is like how, like someone with the best of actions can just destroy everybody just because of the, like, like, one thing sets off, like, a chain reaction. So then it's like, well, you know, President Murph, Murph is like, oh, okay, we have to attack the base. And then, like, of course, uh, you know, uh, the way, like, it's devised, you know, like, Ripper does it. So, like, oh, you know, the Ruskies are going to be dressed as American soldiers and attack the base. And, like, so, like, it's like the guy, like, made up the whole thing in his head. But because this guy made mm-hmm. up the whole thing in his head, now it's reality. So, like, the tale, yeah. the, like, old adage, like, perception is reality which is honestly very true but like this one guy because you know he was like oh the ruskies with the liquor you know the fact they don't drink water you know 
And then, like, all of a sudden, I would have a war because this guy, because, like, now with the protocol, you can't call the, you know, the, 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 the ship, the plane, and the plane wants to blow these people up. So, you can't even set the plane properly. And then you got, we're trying to invade, but we can't invade because he killed himself. Like, the guy thought it through. He's like, it's like a terrorism at its best, if you think about it. Like, if you want to be, I mean, yeah. obviously, we don't, we're not supporting terrorism. Of course not. But, like, it's a pretty good plan. I'm, I mean, I don't know. It's pretty foolproof, put it that way. But, mm-hmm. but like, uh, he obviously, like, exceeded his authority in that. <laughs> I mean, but they did say, like, because there was, like, the loophole was, like, if he thinks there's, like, an immediate fr- a threat. That was the loophole. Yeah, but isn't that only if the president was, like, killed? Like, if they targeted the White House and, like, the president obviously isn't there, so you couldn't have the authority to, like, do something like that. That's why they did it. Like, and they did that plan. I'm pretty sure in this movie, like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this isn't the law. Maybe it is. But, like, he was able to do it because he thought there was, like, an immediate threat that, like, didn't need counseling. But, yeah, you're right. Of course, he overstepped his boundaries as a as a general. But, mm-hmm. hey, that's c'est la vie, I guess, was, as the French would say. But now going to sort of the overall quality of the movie. So, overall, Mirage... What do you think of the movie? I mean, we kind of said you thought it was, you know, pretty solid and whatnot. But just over, overall, your thoughts—funny, not funny. You know, maybe who's your favorite character? Really, whatever you really want to say. And then I have a sec, and then I have a second, a follow-up question to that. So, really, like overall thoughts of the movie, recommended, not recommended, um, whatnot. Yeah. So the movie like was decent. Like it wasn't like oh, I was super completely bored during this time. Like watching it, mm-hmm. like because like this is like probably my second or third movie that I've watched that was, like, created before 1990 or something. Whoa! Wait, are you serious? Yeah. I, are you I dead serious like, right like, now? Yeah, I only watch, like, modern movies. Wait a second. Time like, out. Wait, time out, Mirage. Time out. Sorry to cut you off. I'm just going to ask you. The survey says over you never seen Back to the Future? Nope. you never seen, you seen Star Wars? Like, partially. I, I never watched, like, the full, like, Saga, I okay. guess. Jaws? Jaws, no. Uh, Indiana Jones? Nope. I actually wanted to watch that. Yeah, we gotta get you caught up. My gosh. <laughs> this is craziness right here. Yeah. Well, man, uh, you, you have some time. You have some, I mean. Yeah, exactly. Now that, like, everything's over. And I'm, yeah, you just I'm gotta, home, like, I can watch all these movies. Yeah, yeah, you gotta watch all. My goodness. Wait a second. I just want to ask you a question because this has been sort of a discussion the past couple of weeks. It's like an on, it's like an ongoing gag. Have you seen The Dark Knight? Um, actually, I have. Wait, I mean, I only saw the the what do you call it? The third one is not. No. Yeah, no, wait. There's three of them. There's Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight's with the Joker, and The Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Uh, I saw the. Well, the only one that I saw is the one with Oh, my. What is up with... Okay. Mirage. 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 Forget Star Wars for a second. I want to get that. You have to see Star Wars first off, but... You got to see the Dark Knight trilogy. You're Because th- this is like a running gag now. A lot of our guests haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy. What is up with this? You've seen Marvel? You haven't seen the Dark Knight? Nope. This is... Cr- okay. You know what? I Look. I know you're, you're obviously you're a busy man. But you gotta find time. We love Money Heist. We love the Spanish. We love Netflix. Okay, we love all those like new stuff. We love Hollywood, the show coming out. We love Tiger King. We love all that stuff. Shout out to Netflix. Good for you guys. I don't care what it takes. 
Mirage. This week, you gotta watch the Dark Knight trilogy. I don't care. You got you could climb my Everest. I don't care. Drop TikTok. It's cinematic. It's <laughs> you think Marvel's good? The Dark Knight is like this quality of movie, a classic type movie in a superhero. It's first of the dark okay, Batman Begins is pretty good. The Dark Knight Rises is pretty good, but the Dark Knight is unbelievably good. My guess if you think I'm overreacting, my guess last week. And everyone knows if you mm -hmm. listened to last week's episode, John Luca was literally like he was getting ready to get to get. I don't. I can. It's a kid's show. I can't really get too uh, graphic here, but let's be. He was getting to do something that was not pro appropriate for uh for for in, to do in front of your parents. Put it that way. That's what he was getting ready to do. But I mean, that guy was like going off. But sorry, to jump on you like this. But you gotta watch the Dark Knight. I'm sorry. You gotta watch that. Yeah, I will. I will. I mean, I saw that movie. It came out when we were seven years old. I saw that movie three times in theaters when I was seven. <laughs> so good it is. But so getting back to Doctor Strange, love. Uh, do you have any more to say before I go? I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off there. Kind of got on a tangent. Um, and you said who's my favorite character, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Whatever you want, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I took a president, honestly. <laughs> All right, that's respectable. That's respect. I respect it. I respect it. He he was like the like the only one who was kind of like calm during his time. Like obviously he was scared for his like country and like the people in it. But like he also like maintained like that friendly relationship with um Russia and the prime minister. Mm -hmm. And like tried to work together and actually like solve the problem, even though like in the end it didn't work out. But he did his best effort, even though like he heard like complaints from um. What was his name again? Uh, Turgeson? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he heard complaints from him, like, about how they shouldn't, they should take advantage of this opportunity. So, like, I don't know. It, it was good. Yeah, like, he, was a, he, he was a good, like, role model, in a sense of <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you're like, I love how you're treating this like a dare. Like, it's like a dare lesson, or like, I don't know if you had dare. Like, you're treating it like it's like a, like a, like a motivational speaker. <laughs> like, how to, how to, how to act properly, children. Maybe we should show this to our kids. Maybe we should show this to kids like in fifth grade and like five years old. Like this is how you act according to Mirage. <laughs> act more like. I mean, I mean those those guys back there they weren't thinking straight. So like yeah, they were crazy. They were off the wall. They were off the chain, as some would say. Off their rocker, maybe as some of our older audience, they were unhinged or they were riots. As some of our, I know older people that say that they were, you know, they're. She's a riot, or he's a riot. Yeah. Some 1960s stuff right there. All right, guys. Well, so Anchor, actually, this is a little inside kayfabe breaker right here, as some of the wrestling industry would say. Kayfabe breaker right here. We're pulling back the curtain. So Anchor holds us to a certain... So I had to pause it because it's like a limit to how much we record. And during the... Going like the intermission, so to speak, Mirage realized some stunning, breaking news out of Mirage right here. This is going <laughs> to shake the world on fire. Mirage, tell the audience what what just happened. I actually have watched Wait, repeat that, Mirage. I'm sorry, your audio went out a little bit. That's another kayfabe breaker. Repeat that. I'm sorry. I said that I actually have watched The Dark Knight. Wow! Would you look at it? So wait, Mirage, how did you forget you've seen The Dark Knight though? Like, how does that? How do you go about doing that exactly? I, I honestly don't know because the movie was actually really good. <laughs> I, I, you are you're a rock you know what 
as the older people in our audience would say right now, you're an absolute complete riot because that's funny. And I just, I want to apologize. I apologize, Mirage, that I kind of got on you for a second there. Baba, you could. Yeah. Goodness. Goodness me. Um, all right. So anyways, getting back now to the main focus of this episode, uh, one of these shows, we actually have to talk about the dark Knight, but getting back to the main focus of this show, this show in particular is to me, I didn't really like the Dr. Strange love because so I saw a pop, uh, excuse me, 2001 a Space Odyssey from Stanley Kubrick. And I saw, I've seen Spartacus from Stanley Kubrick. And so Stanley Kubrick's filmography is very controversial. Now, obviously, Mirage, he hasn't seen any movies. He's only seen three movies since 1990. Before 1990, he's not going to really know. They may not, you know, you've probably heard of these Mirage, though. So he's made Full Metal Jacket, The Shining, uh, Clockwork Orange. This movie, I've obviously. The Shining. You've seen it? No, I've heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. My goodness. Um, so, obviously, Stanley Kubrick has made... I mean, he's made this movie, obviously, because we're talking about it, and he's made it. He doesn't want a Space Odyssey, which is one of the famous movies of all time, which I didn't like, and it's very divisive. And he's made Spartacus. And his filmography is very... I mean, a lot of these are classics, regarded as classics, but a lot of his filmography is sort of very unorthodox. And this is the second movie that I've seen from him that I really did not like. I've liked Spartacus... But Spartacus is not really fits into the rest of his filmography because it's very like conventional compared to a lot of his other movies. But to me, I really <clears throat> this movie really bothered me because at an hour and a half, I was thoroughly bored. Because the premise, I'm, I'm sorry to disagree with you, Mirage, but the premise should be so good. Like it, it's a really great premise and it has great setup. But you forty minutes in and then the plot just stops. It's guys on a plane for 25 minutes and people just like arguing with nowhere to go. Like the plot just like had nowhere to go after 40 minutes because you realize, oh yeah, Ripper's in, like has absolutely no motivation. There's no characterization for any of the characters. There's no reason to care and it's not boring. The dialogue isn't going anywhere. And that's a similar complaint I had for Space Odyssey because there was little, basically no characterization. Not bad. There was none. I'm so, there was like 3% characterization. And I'm a big person. I like characterization in movies. I think that that's a lot of people are different. Some people like everyone's different with how they like movies, but I like characterization. And this is the second time Stanley's let me down. So this is what I ask you, Mirage, because to me, I don't think this should be a classic. I don't know why it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand why the critics love Stanley Kubrick. I'm obviously going to see a lot of these other movies because they are considered classics. So make it up on a case by case basis. We don't discriminate. We only learn to appreciate here on this show, but yeah. Do you consider this a classic movie? Do you think people should watch this? And you don't even necessarily think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But do you think that it is a classic? What does Mirage say? I wouldn't say it's a classic, though. Because, like, I, honestly, I've never heard of it before you, like, asked me to, you know, watch this movie and join the podcast. But I feel like... People regard it as a classic just because of the time period and, like, maybe, like, the sentiment during it. So, like, in that sense, sure, it's a classic. But, nah, it's, like, how you look at it, honestly. Okay, wow. So, two people now. That's This is the first, I think, Mirage, because <clears throat> the only other movie I've said I don't think is a classic or, like, at least one of the like the guests said it was a classic. So this is the first time that both people don't think it should be considered a classic. 
you made history, brother. You made you're in the Guinness World Record books. You know that <laughs> because of this. I'm, I'm honored. I'm I am. Honored. Now I'm honored that you came on this podcast. So with that being said, no, thank you fun. so much for coming on. And do you have anything to say? This is literally plug anything you want to plug. Shout out anyone you want to shout out. Holla at anyone you want to holla at. This is your time. This is your show now. Whatever you want to say. Um, just like anything. Like just holla. Who do you want to holla at? Or what do you want to say to the podcast nation? Or what do you want to say? Like this is literally anything you want to say. There's no rules. I mean, there's a little bit of rules. Don't say like anything <laughs> bad. But I mean. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just. Stay safe, everybody. Like, you know. Hey, this, you know what? This is, you know what, guys? 30 years from now, Mirage is going to be having a tech talk. And he's going to be like, why Dr. Strangelove inspired me to become a motivational speaker over here. <laughs> Man, you're going to be going to this kid's schools, be like, you know, Peter Sellers and uh, Dr. Strangelove actually taught a lot of kids that uh, you have to think before you act and not uh, do things rashly like Dr. Turgeson. Uh, all kidding aside, though. Uh, thank you so much, Mirage. We love you. I, I know I, I broke his balls a lot today, but Mirage is what I say this to a lot of people that come on. Not everybody, though, but a lot of people. Mirage is one of the great ones. He's also very, I mean, he's one of the good ones, but he's one of the better good ones. Class act all around. Uh, really good guy. So I want to thank you for coming on so much. I really appreciate you coming on and taking your time to talk about this movie. These movies, I should say. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, so thanks, everybody. Stay safe, like Mirage said. And uh, hopefully you listen and uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at RMM underscore 901. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the support, and I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. So stay safe, and thank you.